Good morning. Welcome to the vineyard. Good to see everybody. Glad you're here with us in the facility and welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you all and just to celebrate Jesus, life and all the neat stuff he's doing. We're in a series called Are You Ready? Uh, and the series, remember, the series is really about our hope, being prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. And uh, I just think we all need to, since we're supposed to be ready to give an answer, we need to be sure what that hope is all about. And um, I want to get all of it. I want to I want to make sure you're you've got the whole story and you understand all the amazing stuff that's going on and that we haven't settled for something less than. So that's what we're digging into in this series together. And I said last week, you know, I asked you to think about this, that we're, we're already, we're small working models of new creation. That, that, I, I want you to keep thinking about that. That's a big deal. That means things have changed already dramatically for us. And then today I want to talk about how that sort of works into the idea of temple once again. And so we're going to dig in with that here in just a moment. Let's do the bad jokes. Get them out of the way. Apparently these are quite bad. I had some hope for them, but Apparently nobody else does. What do a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? They're both parasites. I thought it was the dryer that was shrinking my clothes. Turns out it was the refrigerator all along. Well, that went over better than it has the last two times I've done it. I should probably stop there, but I won't. Sundays are amazing because the day before is a sadder day. Sadder. Sad joke. Alice, come up, please. Pray for us. Lead us in the reading of the word. Yay. Yay. You should end with the refrigerator joke. I probably should. Yeah, then I wouldn't have to I'd come like up to you. i to leave them on a low point. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> then you get to bring it up. That dang refrigerator gets you every time. Uh, okay, let's, let's get right to it and pray before we read the word, shall we? Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Father God. You're so good to us. Thank you for stirring our hearts up in worship and... Now, Lord, as we look to get ready for your return, we ask that you would stir our hearts up to hear your word even deeper, that you would reveal to us things you want us to know today. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Father, we stand before you with empty hands and open hearts. We're powerless without the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your goodness is always chasing after us. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Ephesians. This is chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, and this is the Apostle Paul. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Mm. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Blessed be the word of the Lord. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I think it's funny. I like it better. It was, it was, uh, yeah. She always says, blessed be the word of the Lord. But today she went, mm, amen. And I'm like, I think I like that even better. Mm, mm. Has the same sort of, amen. Mm. <laughs> Can you give me a, uh? amen. There's a song there. Never mind. I'm stopping. I'm shutting it down. So as I continue in. I'm going to be bringing in parts of his story. And I did a whole series on that not not that long ago. And it's been weaving its way through years now. But people say, well, why? You know, you're bringing that ideas up again. We're going to talk about temple today. I talk about that. Why are you doing that? Listen, um, you have to have in a really good place how how this story works so that you don't get distracted. Because we have a very real enemy and he's trying to change the narrative all the time. And he wants you to get caught up in his narrative, his story of what's going on. And and if we're not aware of the bigger picture and how it all ties together and what's coming and what has already happened and all the things that are pointing to what's going on and what he's already done, and, and uh, we can get caught up in uh, living a less than life. When we sing that song, get up out of that grave, get up, get up, get up. See, that's really a... Uh, we're already, uh, if you know Jesus, your eternal life has begun. You've already jumped into that spot. And you're supposed to be living life uh, in a exciting, fulfilling new way. Because the, there's, there's, all these things are happening. So this age, and you've heard me talk about this before too, is characterized by evil. This, this age is it's called you know, this present evil age. The Bible understood things in, in two ages. And uh, this age is evil. The enemy's still here. He's defeated but not departed. He's behind all things. The motivations that we've talked about um, as we started this series that I want you to keep thinking about, greed and fear, that's the enemy's territory. It's all about sin and death, which he brought in at the fall. And so we have that going on. Now when Jesus comes... Jesus comes in and he changes everything. And he deals with 
sin and death, the power of sin and death. He really comes and introduces the power of love and life, okay? So that's happening, and it brings in a new story. But, but these stories are running sort of this way. So you have this present evil age that's going on, and you also have the age to come. It has already come in some part because of Jesus. We, we say it this way. He's inaugurated this, this age to come. The, the kingdom has been inaugurated because Jesus has come. It will be consummated when he returns. But it is here in some part. And so we experience some things in some part. It's not how it's going to be yet, but it's already here and it's impacting things. That's why I can say things like you're already models of new creation because things have changed. And so we need to be aware of these things so that when we are living this life, and obviously we're impacted by the events that are all around us, but how we deal with them has to do with how we sort of understand the bigger picture. And so we can either get caught up in the greed and the fear that's all around us, and it's everywhere. I keep telling you, look for it. It's really, it's in everything. And and you can tell when it's happening that I want what I want, that, that strong desire to do things that you shouldn't do and justify them, however that looks. Nobody's going to know, okay, God wants me to be happy. All the, all the things we've come up with to move in, in, in that direction of greed. Or fear, anything that we get caught up in that's doing that, thing in the pit of your stomach, I don't want to describe it, that causes you to react in, in strange ways. You're getting caught into this present age. And what we want to do is we want to live already in the age to come, because somehow at the cross, when we come to know Jesus, God has pushed us from death into life. We're already in. Our eternal life has begun. We're making a difference now, and, and uh, that life has begun. And so we want to make sure that what motivates us, as I said, is love, that we're always looking in that direction. That changes everything. So when we talk about the story and everything is happening, you just need to be aware that all these things are happening. We have a very real enemy who's trying to drag you down, and yet God wants us to live full and abundant lives even now. And so the picture begins to change when we get a hold of that, and, and we just need to be aware of the stories and what's happening. So in this passage that Alice read, it's a great passage in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is teaching, and uh, what he tells us is that what's going on is that everything is coming together in Christ. Everything is being summed up in Jesus. Verse 9, he made known to us the mystery of his will. Aren't you glad he let, so he's letting us know. He's, he's, all the stuff that started back in Genesis 3.15, and then we've been seeing unfold throughout the Old Testament as he's going to deal with the consequences of the fall, he's making it known to us to the point that we talk about in Revelation 21, where new heaven and new earth happen. We talk about new creation. So all that's going on in the story. He's made known to us, um, and it was pleasure to make known to us, and these are the things he purposed in Christ. From way back then, he was going to fix it um, in Jesus, uh, and and he, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, all these things happening. So we know we have the future hope, but we also know he's broken into it now to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. He's going to bring everything together in Christ. Everything's going to be summed up in him. I think sometimes we just, we've, we haven't really thought about how that happens. We read heaven and earth and we think automatically everything isn't happened, but you need to start rethinking that remember heaven is coming to earth. The earth is renewed and restored. That's all the promises of Revelation 21. And why you hang on to that, you remember that, is this. If that's not the end game, so, so, so you, because you know the end game, you need to front load the end game. I like that sort of expression. You like that? If that's not the end game, what it says is that somehow the enemy was bigger than God back at creation. He was able to steal the planet from him and God can't get it back. And that's not the case. Uh, 
God is God, and he's got this, and he's going to restore it back to the way it was. That's the bigger story and includes us on the journey. And so what we have is we have this inheritance, this idea that he's bringing up to us of what's taking place. So, so look at this next couple of verses here in Ephesians. In him we were also chosen... Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So his will was all the things that he's going to do. And he's chosen us in him. Now, sometimes people get confused with that word predestined. And so let me, let me just tell you how I understand it. And, and if you understand it differently, that's okay. Uh, see, here's the deal. I firmly believe that everybody has the opportunity to come to know Jesus. And that, that it wasn't that certain people were predestined to do it, but everybody has the opportunity to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, every single one of us, that's the heart of God. All of us who come to know Jesus, who ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our lives, what God has predestined for you, what part of your destiny is once you come to know Jesus, is that you're part of this plan now of him who's working everything out in accordance with the purpose of the will, in order so that we who put our hope in Christ, as we've done that, might be to the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when? When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You heard the good news. Remember the good news? It's all tied into the story. You know, the fall, what happened at the fall. The enemy brings in two powers that weren't there, sin and death. What does Jesus do? He deals with both of those things at the cross. He takes on sin and all its consequences. He takes them down when he dies and then he defeats death. First of new creation. He's the one who's done that. He's taking those on. That happens for you the moment you hear that and respond to it. When you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. This is what takes place. You're, you're saved. You're, it's, it's the gospel of your salvation. When that happens, this amazing thing also happens. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Wow. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So now, this amazing thing happens because of what Jesus has done. And now, you've asked uh, Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. Holy Spirit has come and dwelled in. Now, this passage I go over all the time. And I, because I think you should be thinking about this idea at least every day for a few minutes. That Holy Spirit now lives in me. And, and I get in the busyness of life and in all the things that we can get caught up in, I think that you can put it aside and that it, it stops being as amazing as it really is that God now dwells inside you. He's, he's with you. He's, it's very real, very tangible. Holy Spirit is with you. And I like to take it a step further. And this is where I, this is, you know, I love to think about this. Because I've been thinking about this for years. Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing my inheritance. A deposit. Now, as I understand deposits uh, and how generally deposits works, when you put a deposit on something, you're putting down a percentage of something, right? So you know, you understand how deposits work. If God dwelling with us is a deposit on our inheritance, what do you think that inheritance is going to be like? And, and, and so you have to see how it ties into how he's bringing everything back together again. And 
what that means for us and why it's important for us to understand resurrection and that we get new physical bodies. See, if, if the end point was heaven, and that don't, heaven is going to be cool. I think people hear me say that and go, you, no, it's going to be amazing. The time that we're there is going to be absolutely amazing. Just, it's, it's going to blow your mind. But that's not how it finishes because heaven then comes to renewed earth and we get new physical bodies and everything is going to go back to the way it was supposed to be when God set it all up and we get to experience that with him, this time with no evil. And they'll just be people that have chosen to be with him. And so you have to begin to think about what that, what is that going to look like? Remember last week I said, you know, God can save me, saving the planet, piece of cake, right? What's he going to do? You, we've never seen the planet without it being flawed and marred by the fall and the consequences of sin. Can you imagine? And listen, just take a few minutes every day and try and think about that. We, we can't even get, but ask God to just light up your holy imagination and begin to think about things like that. When I read Isaiah 11 to you last week, the way that, you know, a lion lays down with a lamb and the, the kid was playing by the cobra's nest and there was a, start thinking about what that's going to be like because see, when you get a hold of that, it begins to change everything. But we have to keep talking about it because sometimes we've settled, deep within us, we've settled for different stories. Like we, we thought, okay, well, heaven is the end point. And then a lot of people, because culture has kind of put this on folks, they've, they, they sort of, and then somehow we become angels or something. People say that all the time. I don't think they realize that, oh, another angel. No, angels are angels. You're people. You don't become angels. There's, angels, they happen. God made them. They're angels. You're people. It's a good thing. God wanted people too. He, he wanted that, that sort of spiritual type, you know, angelic kind of family, and he wanted us people family too. And that's who you are. And you get new physical bodies that never wear out. They're going to be amazing. There's no more tears, no more. It's going to be awesome, and your new body is going to be able to do things that you can't even imagine now because Jesus could when he got his new body. So, so think about that. But understand there's a lot of these subtle things that have worked their way in our story which keep us from really getting jazzed up about the hope that we have and that we're experiencing now, which changes the way that we live now. And so part of this is this idea of Holy Spirit and what's happening. Because Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, Do you not know that your bodies, and now he's talking individually, are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own, but you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. Now some of you want to take that or say that's we got all these rules to follow. No. The idea is you need to get a hold of the fact that Holy Spirit now dwells in you and it should change the way that you live. And you're gonna you're gonna live differently because He's in you. But this idea of temple is there. And let's make sure we understand why. And so I have to go back. So maybe you've heard me say this before, but every time I say it, maybe you'll take it in a little deeper. Remember, I've said it last two weeks, I think, about creation being a type of temple, a cosmic temple. It was a picture of temple. What's a temple? A temple is a place where heaven and earth meet, and God is there. And the image of God is there. And, and that was true in false temples that were built. There would be, everybody would consider it a place they were, where heaven and earth met. It would be that in their mind, that's what was going on. And there'd be this false image in there of the God. But we don't have a false image. We have us. God made us to be his image. And so the picture of temple is, it's a place where heaven and earth meet, where God is and where we are. That's the idea. So we know that at the fall, that got blown up. There, then that place wasn't there where, where they could happen. So God, pretty soon in the story at Exodus, he begins to talk about tabernacle. 
Remember tabernacle? Uh, remember when Jesus comes, he's our tabernacle. That's really cool how that all ties together. What, what is it? It's a place where heaven and earth meet. He says to the people, we're going to build a tabernacle. I'm going to come and be there in a very real significant way. There'll be a place again on the planet where heaven and earth meet. And, and so God with presence will be there. And we, as we had our representative at that point had access. We didn't fully have access. We lost it at the fall. But we have a representative so that we have temple. That's tabernacle. That moves into the actual temple when the temple is built. Some years later in Jerusalem, and God's presence comes in a very real way. The real way the Bible writes about it, and ooh, His presence is there. And still, we have this—you know—behind a big curtain, everything. We have representation in there uh, through a representative, and so there's that place. Until what? Well, they don't kind of do what they're supposed to do. That's like most of us. Rebellion happens, and ultimately, the temple is destroyed. And, and the presence of God is, you can watch him, he's moving himself away as they continue to move into rebellion. Now there's no place where heaven and earth meet. Oof. Not part of the plan. Not how, it, you know, not how it, he wanted it to be in the beginning. So what happens? Well, the prophets say, look, we're going to rebuild that temple and the presence of God will come back. And sure enough, they do. You, you read the story, Nehemiah, you know, we got the temple rebuilt. But all the historians, everybody says, but the presence never showed up. Now, and they were saying, well, we have Torah, and that's what, they, and it wasn't the same. And they all knew it wasn't the same. And until when? Until Jesus arrives. And now, in Jesus, you have a picture of temple, because why? He's fully God, fully man. It's, it's heaven and earth. Meet in Jesus. It's a picture of temple. He is it. He even says, I'm the temple. Tear it down, I'll build it back. And so we, we get this understanding of what happens. And so he comes in, in this way. And he lives the perfect life that I talk about, willingly goes to the cross, takes on sin and death, beats it all. I already said that. Then he ascends. And what's he do? He sends Holy Spirit. And now Holy Spirit comes, and Holy Spirit dwells in us, you guys. Each one of you are a place where heaven and earth meet now. You're a temple. That's what that means. And it's these pictures of things that are pointing towards what happens at the end. And so you, you remember creation. You had Father, Son, Holy Spirit in creation. Go read Genesis 1. You've got the Spirit hovering over the waters. And God spoke. And Jesus is the Word. We know that. There they all are operating in creation in the original temple. And now you see the story coming back. And who shows up? Jesus comes. He's the temple. Then Holy Spirit comes. Now we're the temple as we partner with Him. And in 1 Corinthians 15, and you go and read it, when Jesus comes back, Again, he's going to finish everything that needs to be finished, and he's going to turn it all over back to God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and us all back together in a place where heaven and earth meet. That's the temple. And so you need to be aware that individually now you're the place. But also, very cool, is this idea of what he's doing with us corporately in this idea of temple and how it moves along. So look what he says in Ephesians 2. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners. What that means is you are no longer alone. You've come to know Jesus. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. And you are now citizens with God's people and members of his household. You belong to something. You belong to the family of God. You are the church. And it's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. He's the head of this whole thing. We're the body. We're together. And it's amazing. And in him, he says, the whole building is joined together and rises to become what? A holy temple in the Lord. Here's a bigger picture. So not only is it us individually, it's us corporately. And all of it is pointing towards what God is doing. He's already actively doing it, and he's going to continue to do it on the journey. And, and in 1 Corinthians 3, that verse I read you in 1 Corinthians 6 about being a temple uh, is individually. This is plural. This is corporate. Don't you know that you yourselves corporately are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? 
And if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. That's why the church is so important. That's why it's so important that we gather together. And certainly we, we experience God fully when we're alone, because Holy Spirit is with us, and we have all those amazing problems. But we, we experience Him differently together. Because we add things in to one another and into the Holy Quist. Because, you know, uh, things might be happening in you that aren't happening in me, but God's doing them. And we get together. And see, this should be a part of our lives. You need to understand this idea, this, this abundant life happens when we get together. And, and, and it should be going on throughout the course of your, your kind of your, your normal lives. We've, uh, I don't know how many of you have ever seen that show, The Chosen, yet. It's a, there's an app and it's free. It's amazing, right? It's, we're into season two now. And I don't recommend shows very often. You should watch this. For this reason, they, they p- picture the relationship between people and Jesus really well. And one of my friends said, it, and I, said, I love the way he said it. He said, it, it makes me want to be there with them. And, and here's the amazing part of this whole story. With Holy Spirit in you, your, your life should, you should be experiencing life like that at some level. Just like you were walking with Jesus, he's walking with you. He's with us in spirit. And, and you, it needs to be a part of your life. I was on last week, we were at dinner with some friends. And uh, this, this was not a hyper-spiritual event by any stretch of the imagination. We were at a restaurant, we were having fun, we were laughing, we were telling jokes and stories. And, and over dinner we just started to talk and, and we started sharing like dreams that we've had recently. Because God does that. He, maybe, not, maybe that's how you get dreams. I get dreams. Uh, and, and so I, I was talking about dreams and, other, and we started sharing our dreams. And then I had a dream and then someone had a word about that dream. And so that came into the, into the whole picture and we were celebrating that. And we had some other words going on. And all of this see, is part of this life that we're to experience. And, and all the time. The, the amazing life that's available to us because of Holy Spirit and because of what's happening is something that we need to be regularly engaging in and with. And I think the enemy so desperately wants to keep you away from it all. And so he catches you up in greed and fear. And it's just, whoop, and you, there's, it, just, it just sucks all the joy out of your life. It's just gone, right? And, and that's how you know. That's how you know what's happening. And you're to live differently in, in the way that we live. And so he wants us to experience this life. And all of it is, is really kind of hinges on us getting a hold of the hope that we have and seeing all that he's done. And realizing that because of what he's done, he's broken through into the now and we can experience him in very real ways. I get that we still live in a present evil age and that it impacts us. But it does not need to be the thing that dictates our life. He does. And so we look to him and we yield to him, and that's where we find life. So kind of ponder that this week and those ideas, and we're gonna, I'm going to expand on that next week. But that's good for today. Alice, my love, why don't you come, and we'll pray. Papa, help us to experience full and abundant life now. To realize that's what you've called us to. To, to not sort of get stuck in the idea that, that it's, we're, you know, we're just waiting for the sweet by and by. But, but that you are actively involved in us now. That our eternal life has already begun. And that we're walking this thing out with you. Help us to be aware. Help us to be looking for you. In, in the midst of our lives. Help us to realize when we're getting caught up in the motivations of this world. And, and God, then help us to get them changed so that we're motivated by love. 
once again, so that we can experience life in the way that you've called us to, and in that, impact the world around us. And so, God, I pray that, that you would just stir hope among us, and that at some place, it would just begin to really replace all of the negative mess and the doubts and the fears and the anxieties, and, and there we would just have the hope that we have in you, and that it would begin to change for us our, our, our daily lives in significant ways. Honey. Amen. Let's front load the end game, huh, this week as we move forward in Christ. Um, I have a couple words, but the cool thing was that what the Lord kind of showed me yesterday that he wanted me to share, Georgina came up this morning and kind of gave me the same thing. And um, what I felt like he wanted me to say was that there's probably more than one of you, but you're living with this deep undercurrent of sadness. And you're functioning, and life is good, but there's always this sadness underneath there. And the Lord wants you to know today to stop believing the lies that, he's, that, that you're hearing, the negative things about yourself. Just retrain yourself not to listen to those things. Because he, you know, the enemy's native tongue, and this is what Georgina said, is lying. That's his native tongue. God wants you to know that you're beloved, and you're cherished, and you're worth it. Um, and then Miss Alicia had a... Um, a word last night when Steve was preaching, and it's from an old hymn called "In the Garden," and this is going to mean someone to someone. But it's um, the the line that she really felt strongly about was, "And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me that I am his own." That's going to take you back to your childhood or your roots in the church, and um, just encourage you today, Lord, with those things. Just be encouraged, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All of this journey starts by knowing Jesus, asking him to be the Lord and, your, Lord and Savior of your life. I, I went over it a couple of times in the message. Believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you've never done it, do it now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you're online, do it. Jesus, will you be my Lord? It's the best decision you will ever make. Holy Spirit comes and everything changes. And, and it's, it starts you on this journey. If you've never done it, do it now. If you do, please let me know. Text the word heart to that number, 305-745-7513, so I know. Or you can go straight to the website, on the app, or wherever. Look for a new believer or a newbeliever.com will get you there. There's some new information for you there and a little form to fill out. Please do that. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity, church. You're amazing. For your faithfulness to to your, your, your giving and, and uh, tithing and offering and all the things that you do. You're an awesome, awesome group. That's ways to do that, either through the mail or digitally, uh, if you would like to. And also, there's offering boxes. There's one there, and there's two by that door, and there's one over there. On your way out, if you would like to use those, please do. Let's sing doxology, and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you.
May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great day. Get out there and catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so you can get one lost child back to death. Go out these doors. They're open for you. Give people room on the way out. Have a great day. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Thank you for watching online. We love you guys. Hope. It's an amazing thing, and it changes everything. And what a God we have. Amen. Enjoy your week, everybody. See you soon. Bye-bye.